The sisters sent word to him, saying, Master, the one you love is ill. The one you love is ill. This is the third of the readings from the Gospel of John that the Church gives us for the scrutinies of the catechumens. Catechumens have been preparing for baptism. They are weeks, a couple days, really, away from baptism. And these scrutinies are the way in which they prepare themselves. They ready themselves for baptism. They scrutinize their lives. They bring a spirit of repentance. They pray for repentance. And they receive the gift and the grace in the presence of Christ. So when we hear the sisters say, Master, the one you love is ill, we realize that's intended also for our catechumens. All of these Gospels are intended for our catechumens so that they can enter into it and see themselves in it. The one that you love is ill. All of us are born into a world of sin and death. We're born into a place that is broken. When we talk about original sin, we're not talking about something abstract, something that only God can see through his special goggles. We're talking about the fact that we inherit, just by being born into this world, we inherit the sin of this world. All of us are born ill. Master, the one you love is ill. When we prepare these folks for baptism, we remember ourselves, our own state before baptism, before coming to Christ, before receiving the grace of the sacraments. We ourselves were ill. And the church prays for us. Like Martha and Mary, the church prays for us. They intercede to the Lord for us. They say, Master, the one that you love is ill. This child, this adult, this person who has never known you, this person is ill. Come to us. Join us. Be with us. Heal these folks who are ill. Ill with sin. Ill with the sin of the world. Well, Jesus waits two days. Now, let's be clear, he didn't wait for Lazarus to die. If you do the math, he waited two days, but when he showed up, Lazarus was already dead four days. So he didn't wait four days so that Lazarus could die. Lazarus was going to die. The Lord knew, though, that if he delayed his coming, the glory of the Lord would be revealed. Somehow raising Lazarus after two days would be less impressive than raising Lazarus after four days. And sometimes that's the question that we have to ask for our catechumens. Why did it take so long for me to find Jesus? Why did it take me so long to come to baptism? Where was the Lord in all of this? Well, as he tells his disciples, where does he say it? Well, he says that it's going to be for the glory of the Lord. Somewhere in the gospel he says that. But he says that it's going to be for the glory. It's, it's right when they're about to open the tomb. He says, take away the stone, there will be a stench. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Jesus has revealed his glory in the grace given to these catechumens, this prevenient grace, this grace of the calling to come to him. He's revealed that glory by, in a sense, his delay. To see adult converts brings all of us hope because it reminds us that the Lord still converts hearts. He still saves those who are ill. So what are the two reactions of Martha and Mary? 
Well, similar to the story about who's going to work and who's going to listen to Jesus, their personalities come out here. Martha is, is clearly the intellectual, and I've always identified with Martha in both stories. But she goes to him and she says, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have been saved. And then he goes through a theological discourse. He says, well, your brother will rise. And she says, I know, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. I have come to believe that you are the Christ. She doesn't have any doubts of faith. She knows Jesus. She's invested in the fact that he's the Messiah. But she's still sad and disappointed that he wasn't there to save her brother. And then Mary is often the mystic, right? She's the one who sits at the feet of Jesus. She's also the one who's kind of acting impulsively. Jesus shows up, and she kind of pows in her room for a little bit, and then he calls her, and she comes running. She's like, oh, he does love me. He wants to see me. She comes running, and then she falls at his feet, and she worships, right? She's always the one who's just, she's very close to the Lord and to his presence, to his person. She doesn't intellectualize the Lord. It's a very deep and personal relationship she had with him. But she still shows the same disappointment. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have been saved. These two women, they represent two very important um, currents in the spiritual life. But this is not the end of the story. They represent something that's still missing. In my prayer over this gospel today... It's clear that what's missing is that Jesus is not internalized for them. Now, granted, he's still living on earth, so there's something to be said for the fact that he's physically in one place or another in their time. But even so, they say, if only you had been here, he would have been saved. They feel his distance. They feel that he's something external to them. For Mary, sorry, for Martha, he is the external thought. Yes, I know this man is the Messiah and I trust in him, but he's, he's external to me. He's, he's something that I, I haven't quite accepted totally in my life. For Mary also, there's, there's his presence, there is not presence. He, she wants to share these experiences with him, but he's still external to her. He's still something outside of herself. This happens to our faith all the time. When I think about Jesus, when I pray to Jesus, I personally always think of him as somebody who comes and goes. Right? He's in my life, he's out of my life. When I have a question, when I have a struggle, I bring it to him, I invite him in to that moment, but then I, I let him leave. He's in, he's out, depending on my mood, my feeling, where I'm at. He's external to me. But the salvation that comes from Jesus is that he is not external to us. He is the resurrection and the life. This plea of Martha and Mary, it's not enough. He can't show his glory just because Martha believes in him or Mary wants to be with him. He has to show his glory by giving the fullness of himself, which is to say, by giving their brother Life itself. He's given Mary faith. He's given Martha hope. But Lazarus gets life. He gets life. What our catechumens are contemplating is not just a faith in Jesus. It's not just the presence of Jesus externally where they can come and go into the church, receive the Eucharist, walk away from the Eucharist. What they're contemplating is Jesus, the resurrection and the life the full indwelling of God in themselves. When they go down into this font, 
and come up again, they are joined perfectly to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Which is to say, like Lazarus, they die and they rise. They aren't just given an external presence of the Lord. They are given the Lord himself in their life. They now no longer live of themselves. They live of the power of God. It is God himself in them that causes them to live and to move and to breathe. It is God himself in them who accompanies them. They can't externalize Jesus. They can't walk toward him away from him. They can't bemoan that he wasn't there when they needed him. He becomes them and they become him. He lives in the very center of their being now and for all eternity. This happened to all of us at our baptism. We use our catechumens as an example and we pray for them as they prepare, but we remember our own baptism. Jesus dwells in us. He is our life. Apart from him, we cannot live. When we talk about Lazarus being ill, we talk about us being dead. We were born dead. We were born dead to sin. We did not have life when we came into this world because the biological life that we have is meaningless apart from Jesus. We need the divine life. We need the life of Jesus. We need to live the life where every breath we take is breathing in the Holy Spirit and breathing out the gospel. All of us receive that life at our baptism. All of us were brought forth from the tomb with Lazarus because Jesus beckoned us to come out. He begged us as his beloved sons and daughters to come forth into life, to live life anew. It is an incredible gift to be called out by the Lord. It is an incredible gift to be baptized. It is an incredible gift to know that Jesus is always with us. He's never apart from us. We never have to call him. He is with us always and everywhere.